Hey, welcome to Defender Live with Wave, uh, with your host, Dave and Sam. And I wanted to uh, kick this one off and go into some articles that we were looking at and thought it would be great to share out uh, to everyone on the channel. So if you find this uh, interesting, we'll, we'll kind of go through some of the stuff and, uh, and see where it leads. But the first thing that we wanted to hit up, uh, which is kind of interesting, is this article on uh, marijuana legalization. So you want to hit that, Sam? Yeah, I just, it was an interesting article. You know, it talks a little bit about the cannabis industry. You know, at one time, obviously, this industry was, was illegal. You know, and then, you know, as time changes, you know, it's become legal. It exploded. It went from $25 billion to they're saying, you know, $200 billion by, you know, 2028 or 2030. Wow. You know, so I, rem I remember as a, an integrator when this happened, you know, a lot of people laughed. They, they want nothing to do with it. You know, if someone came to you, you know, you had to get 100% of the uh, the production up front, you know, because they're always concerned the government was going to come in and just shut them down. You know, so they, it was always, you know, people kind of walking on eggshells when they dealt with it, you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of them were, a lot of integrators, like I said, they're slow to adapt. The ones though, that, that became subject matter experts, you know, in the requirements, you know, they did really well because of it. You know, a lot of the, a lot of uh, the, well, the industry now is regulated. You know, there's certain things that are required, you know, when it comes to security, specifically the video, the storage, and those that are, you know, taking a serious look at it, you know, they're doing really well. You know, and those that, that just still, you know, kind of want to take a step back and want to kind of ignore what's going on with it, um, or just want to be hands off, you know, they're missing out on a, a lot of opportunity. Yeah, what's interesting too is, um... I, I saw something talking about just employee safety. If you think about that, I mean, just it's a yeah. it's a major um, target, you know, for for thieves, obviously. And then, in addition to that, you know, they always had sort of like you were saying, especially when it first started, it's very very heavy on video surveillance and just watching every little thing that was going on and tracking, you know, inventory and all that. Um, but I think it's matured into. There's a lot of other technologies being deployed um, from sensors and other devices on the growing areas. Um, so what what did you see as an integrator that that was starting to roll out um, from some of the larger uh, larger sites? When it when it started out, the the biggest thing was uh, they're doing they want protection on the doors, you know, for the for the dispensaries. And then they wanted, they were starting having requirements for, for the video. You know, you had to have so many weeks or so many months, you had to have it stored off site. They didn't want any excuses on, you know, why a large portion of your, your footage disappeared and you have no record of, of what happened, uh, you know, in your premises. So, and I know on the, uh, you know, the farming and cultivating and that side of things, I know there's a, there's a lot more technology uh, that's being rolled out every day on that. So it's, it's really interesting to see just how it's exploded and how it's growing and, you know, just where it's going to go. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a full-blown legit industry now. Yeah, it's, it's massive. And, and like you were saying, you know, with additional states legalizing it, obviously that, that adds more people that are going to be um, getting into that market and growing. And, and uh, but yeah, there's a huge opportunity, I think, for the security market to really go in there and really fine-tune solutions that are, are tailored for that market. Uh, which is, you know, we preach that all the time. It's like you know, each market is a little bit different. The needs are different. Um, and there's an array of technology that's going to to help them to really uh, address their needs. You know, because you have 
you basically have like a retail storefront uh, where you want, you know, how many people are going in and out. So there's sort of an analysis of the people there. And, you know, they may want, they might want to know just foot traffic, what people are looking at. There's, there's things on the side for the client. And then, you know, yeah, there's going to be uh, probably regulations that are, that are uh, mandating, you know, certain, certain requirements and, and days of storage and things like that. Yeah, um, but then the grow houses are completely really separate um, kind of entity. And those needs are, are much different. Um, and I did see there was some, some theft that was going on. I saw, I think it was in the Bay area where people were going in and breaking into those grow houses and, um, you know, doing some major theft and damage. I, I, I spoke with a gentleman last week. He's got a, a few, few acres and he's out of state from where his facility is, but they do a lot of video verification, a ton of video verification for his facilities because they, they have very minimal staff there. Um, you know, and they're not, it's not a year round business for this guy. So he is, he's always using video verification. He's got, uh, you know, security patrols that come by, you know, kind of check on doors and rattle locks and such. So there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of the old school aspect of it with the, with newer technologies being mixed in. Yeah. I would say perimeter protection for the grow areas. Uh, obviously that's going to be, you know, who's going in and out and, um, and then drive areas and gates and, and things like that. So, you know, I would, I would assume physical barrier fencing, uh, with some, some additional PIDs that are going to go around and, and, um, and, and, and be able to detect someone that's trying to climb over or get into the facility, you know, break that barrier. Um, and then maybe sort of an intercom if they want to buzz people in, you know, there's gotta be somebody that's in there that doesn't want just anybody going through the gate. So they're probably sure. going to have to buzz them in and, um, like you said, sort of have a verification. So, you know, that's all the stuff that we're kind of in it, but it, it's funny how you address it a little bit differently with, with each one for sure. So, but, um, the other thing that you popped up that was kind of interesting was this article. So this was on skiffs. You wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so this popped up my system again. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Again, it's, it's a blog, but it, it talks about skiffs and secure rooms. You know, normally when someone talks about a skiff, again, a, a skiff is a secure room within a facility. Uh, where sensitive information can be viewed, uh, discussed, or stored, you know, where they keep it. But traditionally, you know, you, you would think of governments and the military having these type of rooms. But any company that's doing business with the government, um, you know, going for, to architectures, engineers, construction firms, they all have a need for it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, we're researching a little bit, you know, the concept of a skiff. It came from World War II. They had, uh, they called it a war room. And it was kind of devised as a, a room to be able to prevent spies from infiltrating the U.S. military plans and such. So it's obviously evolved a lot since then. But the idea and the purpose of it, you know, remains the same. There's a lot of different criteria for it. Uh, you have the visual, acoustic, ductwork, electrical. Uh, you know, those are all aspects that go into it. But for most importantly for us uh, is the intrusion detection system aspect. And that's that's preventing access to the SCIF. There's a UL 2050. Uh, it's the the approved components to be installed um, by certified contractors and integrators. And not everybody does it. And everybody that does it, not all of them do it well. So my, my point is, um, you know, back when the, the government had needs for skiffs, there were only a few people, a few integrators that actually went after the type of business just because of requirements and, and how much work was actually involved. 
But now that there's, you know, architects, engineers, uh, contractors that are doing this, there, there's a lot more opportunity for it. And those that are late to the party are not only missing out on that work, but these, these end users are actually taking their business and they're going to the larger integrators or the integrators that do it well. You know, so I, I think there's, you know, there's really a need to adapt for integrators to continue to evolve and just adapt what they're doing to the changing times. And this isn't a new thing. You know, skips have been around for, you know, for a very long time. Um, you know, so it's just the idea that, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta stay, not just stay on, on track with the new technology, but you gotta stay on track with what, what the, the, the cut your old customers are transitioning over to, you know, so I just thought that was pretty interesting reading the, uh, reading this post here. Yeah. I know we were talking recently about, um, a, uh, like an intercom component within a skiff and there, you know, there's some challenges, uh, with, with doing those, those type of applications sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, you know, all that basically from, from what I remember is it, it all has to be locked within, in that, in that facility. So nothing going out. Right. And yeah, so, it's all self-contained. Yeah. And so you get in the electronic component, you know, a lot of the technology is pushing the opposite direction, wanting to go cloud and, and get into, um, you know, much wider, um, areas in, in terms of the data, uh, being, being going, going out into, into uh, a wider area than ever before. You know, usually it was in, in the main facility and now it's, you know, multiple facilities. So there's, there's data that goes through that. So SCIF is literally the opposite where everything yeah. is isolated and self-contained. Um, in terms of, you know, video surveillance, things like that, obviously, you know, you're, you're still going to have a need for, um, you know, pure VMS, uh, on-site storage, cameras on-site, everything on-site. Um, so there's that that need is not going to go away as long as there's military requirements like that. Yeah, by the time you get to a skiff, you've already passed through you know multiple layers of of protection and security. Um, you know, it's sort of the uh, last line of defense. To, you know, to protect the the information that's being stored and talked about inside of there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then another thing I. That was sort of interesting to me. They sort of did a rebrand on this, but it's Crime Tracer, Crime Map. And it's sort of a uh, a way for the public to to report, you know, certain crimes and stuff that's going on. I thought that was pretty cool to be able to see something like this that normally, I mean, we, we sort of had access to things like that um, as an integrator where you could see where the crime maps were. Sure. Um, but, you know, now this is more... Kind of mainstream for the general public, which um, yeah, I think is pretty interesting. You know, just to be able to to go through and see where where things were really at. So I thought that was pretty cool that they're sharing yeah, sharing data like that. Yeah, it's very cool. It's not just showing you you know where things are happening; it's showing you what's happening, and then you can even dive in further to this and see you know what time it's happening. You know, my dad always told me you know nothing good happens after dark. You know, and and scrolling through this, you can see you know a lot of that was true. You know, yeah. I was little, we, we had to be home by the time the streetlights went on. The streetlights went on, we weren't inside the house. You know, there was a problem. You know, and you start yep. scrolling through here. You start taking a look at, um, you know, what's going on in some of the residential neighborhoods. You know, some of the commercial uh, complexes, you know, once uh, once those lights go on. Um, you know, it's just, it's being nice being able to, to make the informed decisions about how you're going to plan your day, plan your week. And, uh, you know, what you're going to let your loved ones do around certain times. So I, I love things like this. Yeah, it's kind of like a little heat map of of uh, 
incidents and where things are at and when when they when they happen, what time of year they happen. It goes pretty granular. Yeah. But you know, that that's a great way of knowing um in terms of, you know, real estate and where you might want to live too. Um so I thought that'd be kind of a cool thing to share just for if people weren't unaware that things like this actually existed. Uh, I thought it was a great resource and it's a, also a great way of sort of um, kind of crowdsourcing security where now people can sort of share what's going on and what's happening in real time. And there's, you know, some proprietary stuff that's out there that does that, but this is um, kind of more mainstream and, and geared toward the security industry. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And next thing I, I saw that was kind of interesting, uh, you know, Kind of an interesting thing because it's such a hot topic right now, but you have ChatGPT and, and Bard and these other things that are out there. And now you have, you know, all these people using it. And I guess now they're they're tracking this and there's this company, Darktrace, that's actually blocking it because um, they're basically sharing kind of trade secrets and things that they shouldn't be sharing. So especially some of the tech companies are, are looking at this stuff. And people are, you know, volunteering uh, information that's going into into these channels and ChatGPT and Bard and other ones, and uh, and putting that in there. So now you have this this sort of counter component, right? So Darktrace is going in, and and this is a service for businesses looking to sort of mitigate, um, you know, information like that getting out. So these basically they're they're um, blocking these uh, these sites. Yeah, and I'm. You know, I'm all for, you know, AI. I always want to be very cautious of, of stuff like that. But, you know, so long as, uh, you know, so long as, you know, my, my family, my, my loved ones, you know, we can operate freely without without too many restrictions. You know, I love having, you know, the AI out there being able to assist us with our, our daily lives. But, yep. you know, when it when it comes to, to certain things like this, you know, there's there's all types of uh, negative aspects of it as well. When you look, you know, you, you, you can search for something on chat GTP. GPT and it'll tell you, you know, I can't give you that information, you know? Yeah. So there, there's ways you can ask the questions and it'll, it'll give you the information, you know, based on the way you word it. Yeah. You know, so true. there's, there's definitely uh definitely a benefit to, to what they're doing here. It's pretty interesting. I just, you know, it, it's fun to sort of look at how it's rolling out and we're so early into this really um, where it's sort of the wild west where the, this stuff is going in. And now they're saying, you know, now companies are sort of having, Whoa, Hey, you know, we, we have to make sure you're not just um, pushing out any and all information out there from right. the company. We have to right. we have to have some sort of uh, controls on this. So but, you know, I, I think the benefit on the counter side is is massive where there's a lot of stuff that it can help with, you know, being in sales, you know, from from, um, you know, perhaps people writing better uh, emails and messaging that goes out makes it faster for them to do that. I've seen quite a few people getting into that lane right now and, and sort of sharing all these things while, while it's trending. Um, but in addition to that, you know, you have major companies like Salesforce that are really doubling down on, on the AI component as well. And, you know, I, I think most people kind of thought, hey, you know, if this stuff was to help me out, um, you know, it could make me much faster and better and realize, you know, who I should be talking to. So there, there's definitely huge potential there. And then there's always this sort of flip side, like, you know, then you read these articles where, you know, it's the end of, uh, 
you know, all, all these jobs or whatever, but there's yeah. going to be new ones created at the same time. So, um, you know, it's sort of one of those things where we're, we're in this right now. These are things that we've been, uh, anticipating for, um, you know, nearly a hundred years, but especially, you know, probably since the fifties, they've been talking about things like this. And then here we are, we're literally living in this time where this technology is going in and it's growing and advancing so much faster than anyone really anticipated um, that it's sort of like almost a new, it reminds me of when the internet first really started taking off. Right. Um, and people didn't know what to do exactly, but they wanted to get in on it. And uh, so you had sort of this dot com where people had businesses and things just because they were just in it, they were sort of invested in. And I see a lot of investment going into AI. And I think, you know, if if history is any sort of uh, guide of what's going to happen in the future, this could be a giant bubble that sort of naturally just sort of grows up. And then all the yeah. best technologies will sort of weather that storm. And then the ones that really didn't have a reason for being other than they just had AI in their, right. their business plan will kind of go the wayside. But um yeah, for yeah. every time every time someone's concerned about you know it's, it's going to replace an industry or an industry falls, something rises to take its place. You know, so for every anything that this is going to replace, there's going to be something to to uh, you know come out of it where there's going to be additional industry, additional jobs. So it's you know it's, it's really not. I don't think it's as big a deal as some people place on it. You know, when they no. say, "Oh, this it's going to replace," it's going to this. You know, I love it. I use uh, you know, there's a version of it that that I'll use. And I was writing an email the other day and I was, you know, you can't think of that word, you know, it's on the tip of your tongue. And she's like, oh, so you, you type it the way you have it and you just say, what's another way to, what's another perspective on this? Or, you know, can you rewrite this? That's going to assist me with X, Y, and Z. You know, and it gives you a couple options and you know, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's if anything that can save you some keystrokes and, and get things done faster, I think is fine. Um, and, you know, looking at industry wise, if, it, if I was going to compare when, when stores started going on, especially Amazon is a great example. Um, gosh, I think I bought my first book from Amazon 98 and, you know, then it just completely changed in terms of how it grew and everything. And you look at some of the stores that it sort of replaced and, you know, I think Sears would be a good example of, you know, a store that had been around for a hundred years, but here comes .com and they just didn't get on that. In, yeah. in a way that was going to be effective. And they had, they had such an advantage over a new company like Amazon trying to, trying to get there. And you look at the difference, you know? Um, so there's always winners and losers on stuff like that. And, but look at how many people Amazon uh, hires and employs, um, you know, maybe much more than Sears ever did. So like you're saying, yeah, there's, there's going to be winners and losers and there's going to be things that go down, but there's going to be, sort of the growth on, on the other side of that. So anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting yeah, in, in terms cool. of uh, how this stuff continues to, uh, to shake out. Now this one, I want sort of your, your two cents on this because, um, you know, I know you were in access control a lot. Um, so check this out. Did you, did you read through this one? I did. And this is, it was talking about uh, side channels. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't really understand a whole lot of, you know, about the side panel, side channels and, you know, exploitation when it comes to this. 
it's uh, it's it has it's, to do with light. Uh, so there's a, the LED emits certain light frequencies, and so this thing's able to by tapping into those frequencies. And I guess they've known about this for for a long, long, long time. Um, and there's a certain word that I wanted to highlight on it, but um, it's yeah. The so the the side channel component they've known about for forever. I mean, when when sort of things like this first started coming out, and uh, anyway. What I thought was interesting about it more than the actual exploit itself was the fact that they're using, here it is, is a great, uh, so it's the rocking uh, and rolling shutter is how they're doing it to decode the the card. So what, what was interesting to me, Sam, is the fact that they're using a video surveillance camera that they could tap into. And and what that kind of reminded me of is how many cameras are on the market that have been um, hacked and exploited? And th- th- now you have where not only can that, ca- if that camera was taken over or exploited and somebody didn't notice, and if it's aimed at a door, it's literally decoding their card so that they could come in and go through, maybe it's a data center or something. So it just shows you how all this stuff is is really tied together and that that layered security is is such a, a critical thing where you have to have every aspect of that really locked down and understand, you know, where, where those exploits are. But um, yeah, this is this is one of those things where you just you, you hope our guys that are are taking a look at this and trying to come up with a uh, you know an alternative way to to stop you know stop the bad actors using it. You just you hope our guys are smarter, smarter than their guys, you know, because this is it's really scary when you have you know multiple layers of protection. And one of those layers is now being used against you. Yeah. And well, I think, you know, understanding, um, you know, I, I think a lot of end users who are, are purchasing equipment don't realize that there are a lot of OEMs. So these are sort of white labeled cameras that are out there and that's not the actual manufacturer of the, of the product. And right. so why that's important. Well, you know, the more control you have over, firmware and all these other things, um, you know, if you're manufacturing that, then you have more control over issues like this. And, um, you know, when you're not, um, you know, that, that, that can be a big deal. So I think it's just important to realize that, you know, by when you're purchasing from the actual manufacturer who's creating a product, um, you know, that they will have sort of those, those firmware updates and things like that, if there were, exploits to it but you know they shouldn't have that and and that and that also goes into when i was selling a lot of video surveillance um because you know ip came out it was very brand new 10 years ago and a lot of people were sort of dragging and and, and didn't want to leave you know analog um because really main, mainly of the cabling um but when they started going with ip one of the, one of the things that was pretty interesting is a lot of times they'd lean on the customer for just, you know, creating a, a VLAN off their network. And what's interesting is if they were just creating, you know, just pretend that thing is a, a cat, uh, a, uh, instead of just a cat six cable coax, because if you had a separate physically separate network end to end, and it's just only thing on there are the cameras. And then you're connecting at the server level into the, the customer network. Um, you know, you've mitigated a bunch of areas where, you know, those cameras could be hacked, right? Because 
Now, at least you're having to go through the server, you're having to go through username and passwords to get in just into the network itself of where the cameras are. So I think, um, anyway, you know, I think a lot of people will push back on, on creating a separate network, but it is true though, like you have a separate network, a dedicated network for just security cameras, and then you don't have as many of these issues where right. they're just isolated, right? And uh, you'd have to go through the server to get to get to them. So um, kind of an interesting way of looking at. Yeah, it's very interesting. But of course, we're getting into, uh, you know, cloud and then then that that's completely different. So. All right. So another thing that I wanted to touch on, because there's been another issue and I know we're we're getting ready to actually release a video on um, like basically a series of videos touching on critical infrastructure and we're really focused on electrical substations because I feel like it's such a life and death issue. And so I want to share this where you know, this is published in 2014. And um, this was because, so th this, this basically goes over NERC and the PG&E Metcalf substation that was attacked uh, back in 2013. And that really spurred on these sort of new um, requirements uh, that were out there. And you and I are literally working on some stuff for, for NERT, SIP, and um, some of the requirements around that. Right. Yeah. And I think this is probably where, where things are getting, you know, kind of dicey because there have been so many additional attacks that have been going on that I think um, the electric companies really need to look at um, physical barriers because, you know, of course, they're, they're showing this fencing, right? And I'd say it'd take you less than a minute to cut through that. So, yeah, you have a, a wire on here that can tell that somebody hit a certain zone. But if I could cut through that and then be on the other side of it, they're going to wind up doing whatever damage they want to do. And then they're going to hightail it out of there before anybody can get to them. Yeah, the, tradi the traditional chain link fence. I mean, you can you can put sensors on it. On it, you can put uh, you know fiber on it. There's a lot of things you can do to it, but it's not going to slow them down. I mean, no. it's, it's nice that it's going to alert somebody, but by the time they get out there, if you're using the traditional chain link fence, you know, in, in most instances, instances they're going to be able to get to you know a certain area within the uh, you know the substation or power station or wh wherever it is. And, you know, a lot of them are unmanned, you know, a lot of them, they don't have the personnel out there. Right. And by the time somebody gets out there, you could have done a lot of damage. Which speaking of which they actually captured this guy. Check this article out. This happened June 13th. Well, it, it was published June 13th and, um, this is out in Idaho and, uh, Washington County. And some guy was charged with fleeing, uh, law enforcement. And he sh was shooting uh, into into the one of the the units out there, and then uh, supposedly had some sort of destructive device uh, that was on him as well. Anyway, I just thought, man, of course, you know, this is this is like a dam, so this is a, a big deal up in sort of the, the areas where they have water, and um, you know, that's that's the electricity uh, out from those areas. But anyway, I thought it was. A really a big deal. Uh, so shooting into a, a power substation, it just shows you that, you know, being vigilant on this and talking about it a lot, 
it's it's just because it is happening a lot. You know, there is issues that happened back east last year. Um, I, I'd say if we did a Google search, we could probably find three or four in recent um, months that have happened. You know, and okay. I think um, you know, looking at a layered security uh, approach um, to the grid and critical infrastructure in general is just a really really big thing right now. And I think we, we really need to be vigilant on, uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of crazy people out there, man. It is. It's so important. I don't, as important as everybody realizes or thinks it is, it's even more important than, than they're, they're probably thinking because once, once you take out a, a damn, I mean, that's, that's yeah, wild. That's next but level. I mean, you know, once you take out one of these critical infrastructure sites, it's not just, you know, that people lose power. You know, it's, it's the, the power is for, you know, aside from you know, your day-to-day life, you know, you have the hospitals, you have, there's, there's all types of stuff that rely on this every day and they only have so much backup power, you know, and that's so a good if, point. If, if, if too much damage is done, you know, then they're going to, you know, they're going, they have to go past their, their allotted, um, you know, whatever they have for backup power, their generators, their, they have, um, you know, you're going to, have to start moving people from one hospital to another hospital. You're not going to be able to emergency services are going to be dealing with those issues instead of dealing with, you know, other issues that are out there on the road now. And there's just, there's all, all types of problems, um, you know, that have a uh, cascading effect. If, if we're not going to, to treat these uh, critical infrastructures, the, the way they need to be treated, you know, in uh, you know, a, a single fence around the, around a property or, you know, a, a single layer of protection around a property is not going to cut it. You know, if you don't have the the multiple layers, you know, the chain link fence, it's, it's you know, any type of fencing, you know, over time, it's not going to stop them. They're going to get through. But the whole purpose is you need to slow them down. So your other your other alerting devices have been able to to notify, you know, police or law enforcement or, you know, who, whoever it is that's going to be responding. Give them the time to get there to stop somebody before they cause a problem. You know, I, I just think it's it's such an important thing. Cause you know, I have, I have family and loved ones all across the country and, you know, it's any one of these could, could affect us dramatically. Oh yeah. You know, I'd, I'd hate to see it happen to, to us. And I know I'd hate to see it happen to, to any loved ones out there. Absolutely. And, and I think that um, when you look at how long it took just on that, that one that happened back in 2013, it took um, almost a month for them to get, to get that site uh, operational again. Yeah. And, and some sites, you know, if done, there, there were, you know, NERC was saying that um, it could take up to a year. So I think, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I think that, um, you know, I know that NERC re- and um, um, FERC, <laughs> so the, so is it the Federal Energy Regulation Commission uh, was out, out there at, at the Capitol and, um, you know, kind of going through the grid oh, just, and just recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I thought, you know, maybe they'll be talking about security, but I, I don't think they did. I think they were just talking about, um, you know, how well it was doing in in terms of uh, reliability and things like that. But, you know, I think this is a bigger issue than, than is um, it's given in terms of, you know, amount of time and, and energy that's put behind it. And I think that, um, you know, there should be some federal, money that's that's pushed toward this you know because again it's critical infrastructure like you're saying i mean that that's the ripple effects on that are a big thing and i think that with as many um 
you know, issues around the world that are happening and you're going to have enemies that are, that are looking at things like that, that, um, I really hope that, you know, if, if we can have a, a, a little bit of, uh, an impact in terms of stopping people like this by offering, and this is why we really like technology, right? So we're looking at that layered security approach. We're like, okay, what, what would somebody need to really protect this site? Well, you're going to, first you're going to need, you're going to need sensors that can have a much larger sort of, uh, bubble around that. Uh, so you're getting an alert and you're looking at a lot of different threats now. And then in addition to that, at the end of the day, you're going to need a physical barrier. Like you're saying, that's going to slow them down. So that way the authorities get there and they're going to lock the guy up because that he couldn't get through the barrier like he could with, you know, um, something that's weak. And so, um, you know, I think that's where things need to start heading that. And of course, video surveillance cameras, um, and other technologies to, uh, to help kind of maintain these sites. But, uh, it's a big job, you know? Um, and that's why I love working with our, our system integrators because they're, they're on this and they're people that are really dedicated to just the critical infrastructure sites. And, uh, so we're, we're trying to put all the best components and tools at their disposal. And I think, um, again, that layered security approach is really a big deal. So at least that's what, that's what keeps us kind of going, you know, looking at what else could we do? What, what other technology is there that's going to help and address some of these, uh, these, um, threats. The next thing that I wanted to share, which I thought was kind of cool. So no more of the Oakland A's. So the A's, uh, 380 million bill to fund a new A stadium in, in Las Vegas. So I know some system integrators are going to be on that. Um, so that'll be pretty interesting. And I thought, you know, with, um, we, we know some technology that's pretty amazing in terms of, uh, um, cameras and, and, the, and the amount of pixels that they can get on, on some of these stands. So anyway, that, I thought that was pretty cool. So that's going to be approved. Pretty interesting. They've, uh, yeah, they finally got it approved and they, uh, I think they've already, they already had the land, I think picked out. Yeah. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as they design it and develop it, what they, uh, they look for and what they're allotting for when it comes to security and protection, because you look at a lot of the stadiums around, uh, around the country, around the world, you know, and it's not just inside the stadium where they need the protection. You know, right. There's a lot that happens out in the parking lot in the surrounding area. So, and, you know, especially Vegas, you have a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people coming in from outside the area, you know, and, you know, they're not always, they're not always the, uh, have the best character when right. it comes to, to go into some of these, um, ballparks and, you know, some of the things that they're, they're trying to start. So it'll be interesting to see what they do to try to counteract some of those guys. Yeah, this is going to be a. So, what do you think's going on right now with, uh, you know, obviously this goes in and and there's going to be plans drawn up and and everything. How long until uh, the security um, side of the fence starts looking at design and and what they're going to be putting in? I, I think initially with the initial design, they're probably going to immediately start looking at video for the interior of the stadium. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter how much planning anyone does the the parking lots and the outlying areas it always get neglected and or mm. forgotten about until something happens so I, I would be really surprised if 
if they take advantage of the time that they have right now to do some of that. You know, I, I think it's it's kind of going to be on the the integrators that are are build, bidding this job. You know, because I I would highly I I would be very surprised if they if they had the forethought to do something in the uh, far areas of their uh, parking lots and in outbuildings and, and such, just because it's not you know they they only have a certain amount of money and although it seems like a lot of money when you're building a stadium and you're trying to yeah. to get everything covered, you know those are the areas that are going to get left out because you know it's it's not a it's not a priority until it is, you know and it's well before they before they pave that parking lot, do do all the trenching and put uh, you know put hardwired. I would say fiber, um, you know, out to some of those areas where, uh, if you want really, you know, high megapixel cameras, but at least, you know, just put the, uh, just put the runs so you can run the cables later. I mean, it's, yeah. sales, it might cost them a little bit of money, but boys are going to save them in the long run. Yeah. Big time. That, Cause they're, they're not going to want to tear that up once, uh, once they pay that, but that's always a big issue is, um, sort of these after the fact, like, Oh yeah. Um, so that would be yeah. great. I mean, we, 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 we see it every, every couple of weeks. I mean, we, we're seeing some significant structure, you know, where they don't, they, they want to put cameras in and they just paved last week. You know, they, they yeah. don't want to tear up the ground. They don't want to do whatever it is. And it's, you know, you, you have choices, but it's, you know, they're more expensive now. Right. Yeah. It's a lot easier to do it up front. So with these new builds going in, no matter what it is, whether it's a, a building going up or if it's a, a stadium like this, you know, having thinking about all of these security components before everything's done is is great. Um, you know, just like a house, like if you wanted Cat Six throughout your house and you want to wire that up, it's a lot easier to do it uh, when when it's you know two by fours. Then the uh, yeah, right. put the drywall up, and then it's a lot more fun, right? It's gonna be a lot more expensive. So um, yeah, things like that. It's a big deal if. Uh, if people are putting these plans together right now to, to get in there early and, and take a look at stuff like that, no matter what technology they wind up going with it, it makes sense to, uh, you know, to invest early in, in getting that stuff figured out and where you're going to place things camera. And that's the thing about cameras is, uh, it, it's all about placement. Like what, what kind of pixels are you looking at? You know, what level of identity do you want? And, you know, things are trending where, they do want to be able to identify people. Uh, they do want to be able to oh, yeah. have enough pixels to to actually have you know certain types of analytics and things like that to actually be effective. Uh, you know, the most wanted man in the world is Pixel Man, right? Where you, where you can't tell who the heck it was, and and so I think if you know if if they want to design things again, no matter what it is, if it's a parking lot for a building or a parking lot for a stadium. Um, or anywhere, they, they just really need to think about camera placement ahead of the build and make sure that way they have the elevation with a pole and things are sort of all there. Conduit runs are all there and uh, it's nice and tight and easy. And uh, it makes the job a lot easier for the system integrator too. Well, and you think you think about what, you know, what they were putting in, you know, 20 years ago or 50 years ago, you know, anyone that has, you know, that has a forethought to run you know, a couple extra sticks of conduit now, because you don't know what, you know, you're building a brand new stadium. You know what you're going to try to run in 20 years. Yeah. You know, you have these extra runs, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to be the cost now, but you know, versus the savings later, it could be pretty substantial. Um, anyway, so I think, you know, that, that sort of gives us a good area in terms of what we, 
wanted to sort of uh, hit on. These are just things throughout the week that um, caught our attention. And again, you know, with a, another crazy person out there, um, you know, trying to hit the electric grid. Security folks, uh, stay vigilant, you know, keep keep um, your head on a swivel and looking at what's going on around uh, around these facilities, because it seems like uh, there's enough crazy people to, to keep us busy for a, for a long time. But, um, you know, making these harder targets, um, you know, I think that's what drives you and I, you know, no matter where it is, uh, you know, that's what we want to help out with. So if people ever just want to sort of chat about what, what our thoughts on. Uh, on these things are and what we would recommend. Um, you know, there's a lot of different manufacturers out there that we're just really big fans of it. We, you know, we, we look at technology and we make recommendations based on what we think is the best fit. And um, so if you, uh, you want to chat with us at any time, where can they reach you, Sam? Send me an email, samuel.hicks at wavereps.com or you can just find me at LinkedIn. There you Send go. Send me a DM and uh, we'll get together. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we'll be on the channel. And in fact, this will be going up uh, on the channel right now. So uh, if anyone has any other follow-ups, uh, yeah, give us a call. Yeah. You have any, uh, you have any interesting stories or anything you want to, you want us to dive into? Drop a, uh, drop a comment. Let us know. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Um, you know, we, we want to make this uh, helpful, you know, again, to, uh, to anyone that wants to uh, bother listening to this. So um <laughs> But yeah, these are just things that we were that were sort of on our uh, our list of, of things that we wanted to chat about because we thought they were pretty interesting. So a pretty pretty big gamut, man. We went from uh, marijuana to uh, critical infrastructure and uh, sports stadiums. Uh, sports yeah. stadiums. So that's pretty good. But uh, until next time, thanks everyone for take, taking time to uh, to watch this, and uh, we'll we'll chat with you later. Take care.